0: Thank you.
1: 誰 oh
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 115 of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, Chad D. and as always, joined by Mr. Bill Shockey and Mr. Anthony Chandra. Fellas, we have a team that continues to win games or at the very least pick up points, and I think I think it was our, our rant episode that really helped. I think maybe they played in the locker room and they're like, you know what? We gotta get our shit together, and, and here we are. Here we go.
0: The shit is together. I'll say that much. Yeah. Like you said, they're they're picking up points four one and two in the month of December. And they look good. Um, I'd say a lot of it is credit to one Mister Jack Eichel, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean overall, I, th- I think they're they're kind of playing a solid game, and then he's kind of carrying them over the finish line when he needs to.
1: Yeah, I mean they they've definitely picked it up recently, and uh, we talked a little bit on Twitter this week where. You know, if you look at a team like this and kind of their, you know, expected goals versus what they're actually producing, you're, you're going to see peaks and valleys, you know, and that that's just kind of the reality of it. And they're in a peak right now. And let's hope they can, you know, stay up there as long as possible. I think one thing that really sticks out to me is just how well they've played at home. I mean, they're 10, three and three at home, you know, struggled a little bit on the road, but I think it was like the opposite last year where they weren't doing so well at home, uh, mm-hmm. which I find a little bit interesting. Um, but yeah, they, they look good, you know. Three point lead, they've got a game in, or two in hand on a couple of teams, but I mean, they look good. They're they're you know, turning a good corner here. They're obviously going to be approaching a you know, February, March where your uh schedule is going to be pretty dense, you know what I mean, with uh, all the games they're going to be kind of making up uh, from the Sweden trip and then the bye. So it'll be cool, but uh, yeah, I hope they keep it up.
2: Well, it's interesting. I, I guess we'll kind of start here, and then we'll get into some you know, specific stuff. You mentioned that uh, you know, the, the, the scoring situation we talked about last week, where, you know, they're, they're five on five goals and they're five on five expected goals. And there's a huge difference, which is going to, um, you know, show a sign of you could get some scoring regression at five on five. But with Daleen back in there, they picked up two power play goals against the Islanders yesterday. So <laughs> if he can help get that power play going, so once, so if we talked about, you could, you should be fine with that type of situation as long as your power play gets going. Well, Mm-hmm. If the 5 and 5 scoring is starting to come down here a little bit, and but your power play is gonna get going, well, then they're gonna be just fine and probably able to keep rolling along here.
0: Mm-hmm. Olufsen appreciation, shout out mm-hmm. again. Oh my goodness, that shot!
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, every time the guy gets the puck, he's gonna score. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. And you know, the good thing for him is it's not just you know I've noticed the last couple of weeks is you know and, and I wrote about it too. Is he's it's not just the scoring; it's just the offense. It's everything is happening for him so much quicker now. In the defensive zone, the puck. Is, yeah. He's making decisions quicker. He's better along the walls. He's making quick decisions under pressure. He knows where to go. He he just he looks confident in like. it's like the game maybe was going too fast for him the first two months, and then all of a sudden, like the light bulb went off one day, and the game slowed down for him. And he's just you know, he he looks like a nice two way <laughs> player right now that is on pace for over thirty goals. So it's that's crazy to think. <laughs> I mean, I thought Olson would be you know, help with the scoring, but I didn't nearly anticipate he'd be over thirty goals in his first year. So, you know, that that's a that's a huge win for the Sabres and also as you said before, exciting for the future.
0: Someone might have guessed that before the season started.
2: Uh was did the one you,
0: of us say it? Wasn't it my uh like bold prediction, right?
2: I think it was, yeah. I think it was actually 'cause <clears> I I had Reinhardt leading the team in goals and I think you had that. Yeah.
0: So but no, I mean yeah, you're totally right. I think even, even yesterday he had He's he's pulling moves off that you just didn't even see him yeah. pull off. Like you, he would norm like in the beginning of the season, I think you saw him just like going into the corners and losing battles. And then yesterday, you see him kind of toe dragging or putting it between his legs in the offensive zone and, and kind of tr- trying to create space and and get uh, more opportunities to shoot the puck. And yeah, I mean, totally. Overall, he's he's kind of just become a totally different player. Where you're right, I think the game is finally. He, he he can think the game as fast as it's moving, and because of that, now he's able to help five and five as where he's struggling. And if he can keep up the power play, which I don't think that shot's going anywhere anytime soon, um, right. he's 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 going to be a key piece moving forward for the Sabres.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a couple guys yesterday who you know kind of primarily follow the Amherst, and they said, he, and and we we kind of knew this, but they said he went through the exact same you know progression last year transitioning to the AHL where. You know he was a little rough at five on five. He was kind of like a camp and shoot, you know, kind of player. And you know you saw that in the beginning with the Sabers. But I mean, just like last season, his his the rest of his game has kind of you know come full circle, come to you know fruition here. And and he looks just really really good. I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, you want to want to talk about a diamond in the rough? Holy cow! And uh, I do want to give a quick shout out though to the Sabers PK unit, which has been horrible all season. Yeah. They were huge yesterday. Yeah. I mean, without them, yeah. they collect point i mean you get three i think all three of those penalties they took in the second period were nonsense or at least debatable yeah they were like consecutive like one right after the other that pk unit held strong and they looked really really good so i hope uh i hope that's a sign of things to come because as much as we need the power play to work we need the penalty kill to be better too
2: yeah i mean that's a shout out to vc and i mean they're they're the guys getting the most Mm -hmm. um run down the penalty kill. You know, Aspen's been really good since they brought him up and it looks like he's kind of earned himself a spot probably for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, they're pretty much fully healthy on offense at forward and he's still here. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's um, not, that's good for him In BC, you know, he, a lot of people questioned why he was in the penalty kill, but you know, he did it. He was really good with it with the Rangers last year. He kind of started off maybe a little rough this year, but you know, he's found his stride. I mean, those two together and they're out there are, are, are pretty impressive. They, they even you know to build, you know, talk about the time to Bill's credit. Uh, they're the guys who kind of even generate some offense from you from yep. time to time. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, using their speed that they have. So that, that's good to see. And it's working for him so far.
0: Got to give a uh, credit to Hallmark too, then, right? Starts and ends with the goalie usually on the right? part yeah. of the penalty kill. So he's been good. He'd kind of did the same thing last year. You just kind of hope that he can sustain this year, or at least stay average. Um, Cause that's kind of all they needed. And if he can do that, uh, I think they will be good. So
2: getting away from the team, well, not really getting away from the team, but getting away from the play on the ice. uh, I think now we should probably kind of get to the interesting thing, which I guess is a good reason we kind of push our podcast off because this news broke the next day. Uh, So Zach Bogosian sits for one game, which was well overdue. And after he sat for one game, he decided to inform Jason Botterill through his agent or him, whoever uh, that he would like to be traded. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I mean, if you ask any Sabres fan, I think they're gonna, you know, they're okay, fine, like go. But the the question here, so I guess I can let you guys give your two cents on it. It's uh, you know, for me, it's he wants to be traded. Fine, whatever, trade him. But the hard part is you have a contract of five point one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Who is gonna take that?
1: Well, well number one, it's not even just who's gonna take it. I mean, it, look, look it, okay, look at Zach the situation right now. And I look, I went on just every team's uh. You know, Paige just looking at inju- injuries and everything on the back end. I counted three teams where he would definitely, like, without debate, be in the top six, like on a consistent basis. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, all right, Zach. You know, I mean, you got benched one game on a team that's probably playing you more than most other teams, especially most. But other you're teams the team in ice time before, before. Well, right? <laughs> especially especially most. Game. Well, especially most other teams that are sitting with 39 points right now yeah. or more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a really bizarre situation. And, and like you said, I mean, what are you getting back from it? Like a, a sixth round pick? I mean, who's? I know it's what? What does he got? One more year left? But yeah, I mean. Well, who's taking that salary who wants that salary right now it's not like anyone's trying to get to the cap floor where you might be. you know what i mean it's yeah. over so that uh, that's weird i don't know i, I think it's going to be someone I, I forget which one of the athletic writers mentioned and i apologize to whoever did um they mentioned that it's going to be maybe similar to the Bull bully situation last year where he requested a trade like january 5th and didn't get traded till like the end of february because oh. you know couldn't find the right deal so um, the Sabres are under really no pressure to do anything. It's not like he has leverage, but just super bizarre, especially for a guy who all, you know, all your, all your, you know, old time hockey guys were like, well, he's critical to the locker room. It's like, well, he bailed pretty damn quick. Yeah, exactly. you know, so yeah. is he though? <laughs> I was, yeah,
0: I mean, to your point, I, I thought the exact same thing in the bully situation where maybe he'll be actually forced to trade someone now, uh, just because they actually opened their mouth and said they wanted to, but mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, the whole situation's strange. Um he just he looked like he couldn't even skate when he was out there. No, no. And yeah, even that's... like even his mental like hit that one goal, I forget what game it was, but he basically just went for his skate behind because he thought the defenseman was gonna get there oh, first. God. And he didn't, and then
2: that was is that Nashville Eller? or St. Louis? It was one of those.
0: Maybe. Oh, um, it was St. Louis, because I think it was uh, maroon, maroon that scored.
2: Oh, Maybe. it was uh that wasn't Maroon because Maroon's on the Lightning, but yeah. Oh,
0: sorry. No, it was one of those kind of guys though. Well, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, like he just went for a skate back there, and, and to your point, I, I just when you te- or when you sent me that message saying that he's looking for a trade, my first reaction was like, cool, but what the hell are you getting back? <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw you know the Galchenyuk thing that came up. He's making four point nine, so maybe you can make work make something work there, but yeah, the whole yeah, situation kind of
1: trading trash yeah, for trash. I much. mean, for
2: me at this point, like I, I would just. If I'm the Sabres, I eat half that salary and, and trade him, and just take the, the cap space. Take a yeah. pick and take the cap space. That's what I would try to do at this point. Eat half the salary, make it easier on another team, and take the cap space this year because then it helps you make another. Because you have to trade it probably at least two defensemen this year. So move him, eat half the cap, give yourself some cap space, and then the next trade you make, you have more cap space to kind of deal with. So I mean, that's. But again, there's so many teams up against the cap. Like, <laughs> who yeah. who can still take out like $20, million dollars at this point? So it's.
0: I will say there is one player who's not paying attention to what's being said in the meta. <laughs> Did you see Darlene's comment last night?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah. That doesn't know how, he doesn't want to fight, but he'll he'll bogo
1: teach him for the next few years or something like that. <laughs> <You're> like, uh. <laughs> Bad news, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake McCabe comes out of the corner. I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean the thing alone on Bogosian, like, like I think you guys are kind of both touched on, is it, it, it's yeah. I mean his contract is one thing. Well, the other thing is too is like I, I,
1: he looks shot, like he yeah,
2: he, does. he looks bad.
1: He not tweeted he turns like an oil tanker, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's wrong. Like, he can't it's not,
0: move. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean I used to be someone that kind of not really. I mean yeah, kind of stood up for him because I thought when he when he got healthy, he used to be at least all right, and now he just. He doesn't look yeah. like he can do anything at
2: this point. I mean, he just he can't move on the rush. He he just it seems like when you watch him, like it's, I, I don't know if he just looks aimlessly just skating around the defensive zone, like he doesn't know what he's supposed to do, or he can't get to the pucks. Yeah. He's Like I'm just gonna stand around and not, I don't know. It just yeah, he looks lost and just shot. And you know, any team that has a scout and watches that, like, <laughs> I mean, the contract alone, i are gonna look at that play and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, I just. I mean, you mentioned the bully thing. It wouldn't stun me if he's going to trade it at all because I, I just don't know who's going to take it. Like who? Yeah, yeah, some like gets it. super depth. Some team has a rash of injuries and 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 needs it, like some
1: competitive team on the deadline. But I just don't even know if that'll happen. Can a team have gotten any more desperate than Winnipeg currently? <laughs> well? like if they haven't done it. Who the hell is doing it? Exactly. They're nineteen, 11 and two. Like I can't believe they're doing it with this defense. They're about
2: to play forwards on defense. They just don't it's care. day out doesn't care. He's never trading for a defense. <laughs> <laughs> they're the antithesis of the Sabers right now. It's just...
1: Oh my god.
0: Uh,
2: the you
0: know, two. yeah. Be all
2: right. gotta love it so so yeah i mean we'll watch that situation we'll see where that goes i mean there's you know i mean i got a feeling they're making a trade you think they're gonna make a trade here at some point uh you know jeremy white had the scandela thing which um i didn't know about the fro league but i knew that calgary is kind of i don't say obsessed but they've kind of been on scandela since before the season started so we'll see where that goes and there's the Galchenyuk thing so i don't know i, I mean it we, we get finally guys at the point where all your defense are healthy and the guy still won't make a trade. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I might throw my hands in here at this point. Just, I, I don't know. He's never going to trade anybody. That's
1: just like super underwhelming.
2: <laughs> Colin Miller for a fifth. <laughs>
1: it, it, not even that, right. It's going to be like, it's going to be like Casey Nelson for a seventh. It's like, cool. I guess he traded a defense. Bit, like. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to yeah, think? It's so funny how many people forget Casey Nelson as a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, wait, he's there, too. <laughs> yeah. But he's there.
2: I mean, the crazy thing is if you think of it, <laughs> if you look at it, I mean, I, I don't – the Amherst like, they win every – they shot out, like, every team they play now. They won 5 it's nothing crazy. again yesterday. They have
1: an NHL <laughs> they defense. They NHL defense. <laughs> <is> why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: Like, you just go through it quickly. It's Pilot, Redmond, Nelson, Borgen. Bryson. Uh, Bryson. Gilmore, it's
0: such a good <laughs> team. It's like ridiculous, yeah. Winnipeg would kill that <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god,
1: oh, god I gotta love it.
2: All right, so I don't know where do you guys want to go next. You want to go talk about how awesome Jack Eichel is here? Is that Because sure. oh, I, mean, I mean, it's it's just at a stupid level right now. I mean, it's yep. every time he gets the puck, comes up the ice, like he's in a score. Just I don't know. He's he's. In the it's St. Louis, the St. Louis game, he has Blues forward, decide they don't want to cover him anymore, and they let him come out in front. That and was so funny. That was bizarre as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, one gonna
0: the cover weirdest. him. All right. Yeah. All and right, bye. Like,
2: Whoever who that forward was might have been like Rob Thomas, like almost like got his ankles broken, and then just skate away, I was like,
1: yeah, nope. I this <laughs> good, guy. L- good luck, Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then the Nashville game, uh, I think it was Grimaldi broke his ankles before he scored, and like. And then the big goal in the Winnipeg game, or not, I'm sorry, the Islanders game. So, I don't know, it's a crazy thing. It's like, it's not, he's just, he's not just rolling up the points besides uh, the Blues game, we got the empty net goal, but it's every goal he scores is important. It's either a tying goal or a go ahead goal or like a game winning goal. So, it's, you know, it's not only scoring and producing, it's key plays and key moments that's the big thing. And, I don't know if this team makes the playoffs. Like I, I think in a way he's having it kind of the same type of season at Taylor Hall had when the, when the doubles made the playoffs, like mm. he is single-handedly and we've Bill and I've talked to you before, like, I don't know if you're a playoff team, a single handedly Jack Eichel drags you there. Well, I don't think it's that
0: drastic at this point, but it's pretty close that he's single-handedly dragging him there. Yeah. We, we mentioned what, if you can finally, or not finally, but if you can get Darlene back to Darlene and have the two of them kind of just go off, then yeah. like, sure, you can make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, even we talked about the the example was Carlson, <laughs> what he did with Ottawa and yep. the, the playoffs that one year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it can be done and he's definitely at this point doing it. I mean, just the, the amount of just confidence skill to be able to pull that puck out of that chaos in front of the net and then go back in cheese is, I mean, like you said, it's, it, it's to a ridiculous point, And you can tell it's to a ridiculous point because now we even have national media giving him credit and yep. talking about it and, when that's happening you know it's it's something special and just happy I guess we get to enjoy kind of what's going on right now because it's, it's pretty crazy
1: I don't know if it was the shift before that or or maybe two before but he, where he was just they had so much sustained pressure in the in, in the offensive zone he was just getting the snot kicked out of him like in front of the net and behind yeah. the boards right yeah and he was, I mean he's just uh he's on a tear man I mean it's it's really, we joked about it last week, but it's really just like, he's in fine I'll do it myself mode. I mean, he's he's unbelievable.
0: But he's actually doing it, which is crazy. Hey, right, and he's like actually before, pulling it, it off. it would be fine, do it myself mode, and they'd lose a the puck, or something would happen, and, yeah. and this stretch, man, just whatever he wants to do, he is doing it.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, we all know how good he is, but then, like, you see this level that he can get to, and it's like, geez, like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's nuts, and uh, I think I have somebody who tweeted me and said, um, "Well, I've had a few people do it like over the last few games. Uh, like they they hear like the opposing broadcasts and how they just they just glow over the guy like the entire time." And yeah, I, I kind of think about that. Like, I mean, we we're always around Eichel. We always you know we're we're familiar with that. But I kind of wonder what it's like as like an opposition team doesn't see him that much. Like is it? I'm assuming it's at the point now where it's like for us where like McDavid like, like or like any of those like high end guys you're kind of excited to see them. Like Pedersen's a guy for me like that. Like, I feel like it's it's to that point now where enough like he's always kind of been underrated to me where he hasn't got enough appreciation around the league and I think he's getting that now. So now I kind of think about sometimes when I'm watching him and he's doing these things. It's kind of how like opposing fans we don't get to see him how they
1: feel and, uh, they are they excited like
2: oh Sabres Jack Eichel cool I get to watch him tonight like
1: you know what it reminds me I think. of. Yeah, it reminds me of Nathan McKinnon that year he broke out. I think it was 2017-18 yeah. where yeah. he, he, you know, he was just like, oh, yeah, he's a good player, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Probably Reinhardt level, you know what I mean? And then that year, I think he got like 97 points in like 70 games or something yeah. crazy, and then everyone started to take notice of Nathan McKinnon, right? So I think it's kind of a, a similar situation there.
0: The funny thing is <laughs> Nathan McKinnon, I always think of that Team North America, a crazy game where mm. – do you remember oh, the, yeah. the Darren Pegg? He's yep. like, it's Sabine again. And then McKinnon, <laughs> <laughs> McKinnon steals it. And he's like, man, the McKinnon. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was – oh, I'll never
2: forget that. I'm going to watch that
1: holiday <laughs> for this game after we're yep. done recording. do was <laughs> drag
0: backhand cheese. It yep. was incredible. It's on
1: Lundqvist, right? It was against Sweden. Yes. Yep. It sure oh,
0: was. Can
1: I, can I just do a shout-out, though, uh, back to a year ago when our boys Brian Lawton and Mark Parrish redrafted the 2015 first round and had Jack Eichel <laughs> going fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Behind Parzel Rantanen, and Besser. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's pretty bad. Cool beans. Yeah. I mean, those are good players, but, like, come yeah, of on. Of course. Like, just stop. But, come just stop. on. Yeah. <laughs> There's
0: no question. But, yeah, I mean, to kind of Chad's overall point, I think it's – we're kind of – if we haven't been already, we're at must-watch hockey, and you got Toronto now mm-hmm. on Tuesday. I mean, that game – who's not looking forward to that, right?
2: Oh, especially when he plays up against Toronto every single game, yeah. too. So I mean, like,
0: And Risto should be good. I mean, we should win again. Yeah, exactly. And Risto usually,
2: <laughs> like <laughs> – <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> It's kind of like a point Where like He plays Toronto Like he gets like a boost For a couple games Like, like It's perfect timing Because the last Toronto game Gave him the boost At this point Then like Maybe you're afraid He might try to slow down So oh, here comes Toronto Boom Another boost Like there he goes Like That'll work That's good It's a good time To get these Leafs games In there
1: Playing Toronto Is like steroids For Jack Eichel It's <laughs> like I need an upper <laughs> Unreal
2: <laughs> I, I don't know I don't think I hate Anything as much As Jack Eichel I hate the Maple Leafs So that's <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Born and raised a Boston boy, now a Sabres guy.
2: I think mean, that's true. I was going to say, like, hate I, don't, I don't know what made time. him hate the Leafs so much, but I guess you're right. I didn't think about that, Boston and then the Sabres now.
0: Probably have hated him his whole life.
2: Well, it's benefiting us now. So here's what we'll do. There's a few more topics I want to get to, but I know a couple of these, um, if I remember correctly, are wrapped up into our questions. So I think what we'll do here is we'll get our quick break in. And then when I come back, I want to talk about um, Dalene being back, uh, kind of what that means to the team. And then also, we want to give some credit to our, uh, to the fourth final a little bit. We want to talk about that. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Larry and Apostle will kind of get into that. And then we'll get into our fan questions at the end, per usual. So, we will be back with you in 30 seconds. You are listening to Beyond the Blade on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back. So we're going to jump right back into it here. Um, and like I mentioned before the break, we're going to kind of start with the fourth line uh, of Johan Larson, who was on close with 30-point pace. I think I might have get, jumped a little bit under that now. But uh, Johan Larson, the way I put it on Twitter, the the reign of terror recently, Johan Larson has put on the opponent's uh, first line. It's been pretty impressive. He shut down Johansson. Uh, I think it was like an 88% Corsi and 88% expected goal. He was similar numbers against Riley. Uh, and before that, I forgot who they played. Um, can't remember, But he was again, similar numbers shut down the top you know, top line. You know, he did that a lot last year sitting on the top line, but there wasn't the points of production. Uh, and now that Kruger is not playing him in the offensive zone, uh, only like 5% of the time, like uh, Housley did, you know, he's getting the opportunity to produce more and that's happening. So, I know, Andy, I know, I know. Larson's kind of been your, kind of been your sticking point here—not sticking point, but kind of uh, someone you've been itching to kind of talk about a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've got you know, hopefully, hopefully tomorrow I'll have an article out on him. Uh, but he's just—he's been—he's um, been awesome. I mean, last year he, he was kind of dominant in that, like you just said, that that sheerly defensive role, right? And, and you saw you know, where, where everyone was saying, you know, get rid of him. He's done. He, he was, he was presenting value. Right. And I think it was actually Kevin on Twitter who maybe midway through last year was like, Hey, I'd actually really like to see what he can do with a little bit more, you know, offensive um, opportunity, let's say. Yeah. And, and he, he's done very well. I mean, like you said, he's just dominating top lines and and I really actually liked how he looked with Jeff Skinner and they kind of abandoned that really quickly. But I, I think he's. I think he's probably as of right now the most underrated Saber, just in terms of you know the general you know fan base perspective on him. Um, but yeah, he, he he's just he does everything you want. And right now, and I know this is probably maybe going to be unpopular, but he's your number two center on this team in yeah. terms of how they're playing right now. He's your second best center on the team, and he's. He, I think he's just he's upped this game, and uh, I don't think it's a contract year thing. I think he's just he's doing exactly what he did last year, but just with more. Opportunity in the offensive zone, like you said, and he's just really playing well and, and he looks like a guy who you can kind of build that bottom six around a little bit moving forward if they retain him, which at this point I hope they do.
0: And he's healthy.
1: Yeah, he, what, he's healthy. he was doing
0: it two, three years ago. I was just gonna bring hurt.
1: that up a couple years a ago point. for that arm injury. Very good point.
2: And then he kind of had the year after he came back, he had that really rough season where a lot of people were like, get him out of here. And then Last year was the year where he started to turn it around, at least defensively. And then now this year, he's back to playing that way he was before the injury in terms of providing offense, too. Because that season, remember, he had like, I think he was on pace that season for a 35 point season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to say he had like, I want to say he had like 11 (laughs) goals in like 33 games when he got hurt. So, like, he he was going that season and he's kind of doing that thing again. So, you no, know, that's that's good to see. It, it's going to be interesting this summer uh, when his contract is up. So I think he's an unrestricted free agent. So I wonder if they do end up bringing him back, if they want to do that, or if they think Aspen's the guy to take his spot. But I mean, if if it's me, I mean, if you can get him on a cheap deal, I mean, why not? You know, it's yeah. it's value for a guy who is familiar. He's you know he he was a guy who didn't really you know want to be a fourth line player when he first got to Buffalo, and, and yeah. I think he kind of embraced that role now and. You know, he fits in well on this team, and he does an important key job. You know, I mean, the the penalty killing too can't be overlooked. And you know, like Anthony said, I mean, I thought he looked. I wasn't a fan of the Skinner idea, and it it went really well, and I was kind of surprised they abandoned it so quickly. And you might want to consider going back to it the way Skinner's kind of been the last few games here. So we'll see. Okay, but you know, a, along with him, Oposo, I mean, the, those that fourth line in general, Gergensen I mean, and you know, whatever. But I think Larry <laughs> and Oposo are two guys to kind of be. I don't know if I I guess the word can be excited, but at least you know happy about what they're providing. Especially Oposo, who has still a few results on his contract, and and he's embraced that role he's in. And and I'm glad the Sabers have embraced putting him in that role and accepting his contract, but not trying to force it and put him somewhere that's that's letting him succeed. So
1: that's a great point too, though him embracing the role. I mean, you, you, I think there was maybe two years ago you heard rumblings where he was not happy with with how he was being used and. And it, it almost feels like, you know, since last year, he kind of really took it in stride and, and, you Mm -hmm. know, just kept, kept pushing. Cause I think, you know, getting hurt and then being really, you know, shoved into a fourth line role when he got back was, was maybe tough on him, you know, especially cause like you said, he was, he was pacing out to, to have a very good season. Um, Actually I'm looking at it right now. He, he was on pace to have definitely the best you know statistical output of his career to that Mm -hmm. point. So yeah, uh, it's cool that he's taking it in stride and, I mean, 12 points in 31 games, it, does, you know, it doesn't jump off the page, for, it, but for what he does and what he provides, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, so kind of to put a bow on it, Larry had 10 goals that one season, only 17 points, but it was his only double-digit season. And it looks like the next season he had six goals, 11 points, 36 games, so that's when he got hurt, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, double that out, it's, that would have been his best career season before he yeah. got hurt, uh, and then up close, to, I mean, <laughs> say what you want, if... I was, I think all of us were very nervous. Most were nervous about him coming back. And, but kudos to him. I mean, he got the, the okay that he needed from doctors. And he is just, he's looked good. He's looked really good since he came back. And he hasn't like, he's,
2: it doesn't like he's pulling back or anything. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. To you really hit to the to he's just, he's going right back to being that bowl in the corner. He's been on the walls.
1: Did you guys say he looks refreshed? Yeah. <laughs>
2: The Worst question of all time, but sure, I guess so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just love his response. Yeah. Uh, he just started with like a three second, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd word it that way. <laughs> yeah, that was cringeworthy when you
2: heard it back. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yes, but yeah, we, but yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know if a fresh word I use, but he looks I'm trying to think of the right word I want to say, like, engaged. He's always been engaged, but he just looks. He looks confident, I guess you could say. He looks you know, happy in the role he's in, and um, uh, that's good. I mean, I mean, you know, this team has aspirations of being a playoff team. You know, you kind of need, um, you know, impact players throughout your entire lineup. You need, you know, I mean, how how important is a fourth line, you know. I mean, look at Boston last year, how that fourth line helped get them to the Cup. I'm not saying the table's in the playoffs and go to a Cup this year, but, I mean, it's important in the playoffs, you know, to have players that can be – some sort of productive players throughout your lineup. I mean, you really can't in the playoffs kind of rely on just Jack Eichel to carry you through the entire thing. I mean, you need other players other the lines to kind of step up. And, you know, if you're going to have that, those guys stay healthy uh, throughout the season. I mean, that's good. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're going to be able to put those guys out there for four to five minutes, six minutes at five on five against Ryan O'Reilly and Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg and whoever, and they're going to they're control play that much against those guys, I mean, that, that's an awesome Awesome thing to have on your team and you know so they, they should you know a lot of fans think should embrace it you know Larson and gargerton's have been you know whipping boys for a while around here I think because they've been here forever it's kind of why but uh at least in the case of Larson I, I would kind of you know em- embrace what he's done and I think people are I think you're kind of starting to see a turnaround now mm. um, with the production coming because you know most people want to see the production along with the play too so now the production the offensive output is coming uh, I think you're kind of seeing a lot of a turnaround from a lot of fans and you know, hopefully they uh they they keep it going. They keep that log line going, or you know, maybe I wouldn't be opposed to putting him back with Skinner and seeing kind of where that goes.
0: Yeah, Opolo no, almost finished the the game last night,
2: right? Yes, Which actually even true.
0: gives <laughs> I think gives more credit to what Eichel did right before that because Opolo pretty much was trying to do the same thing on his forehand and and wasn't able to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're just all around the net. They're controlling play, and recently they've been starting to put up the points and that's just so invaluable or valuable going forward throughout an entire season. And especially if you can get into the playoffs, they have a line that can, can do what they're doing.
2: I mean, to get into the analytics rope a little bit, kind of, you know, I have to get on my not a high horse, but I get on my, my seat here. It's, you know, in the national game, I tweeted about it is I noticed that uh, Kruger was following up the Larson line with the Eichel line a lot. So, you know that line they do what they do they generate offense they tire out the opponent tire out the defense you know they, they keep puck possession get momentum in a way and then either I, th- I think one time it even resulted in a goal they got an icing uh the other uh, uh, nashville's five man unit had to stay on the ice they come off eichel goes on and i'm pretty sure that's when eichel scored his goal one of those goals that line scored one other i think they had like three goals that game but that's when they scored one of their goals and it's It's again it's smart on Kruger because you put that group out there, you get them to wear down the opponent, and then you throw out your scoring line right after that to kind of keep the pressure going and it worked. And so that that's kind of like the the thing where, you know, that fourth line won't get any points for doing that, but their on eyes impact of what they've done is is measured kind of in those advanced numbers for things like that. And that's kind of the that's kind of the thing where a lot of you know, Anthony or myself, or even like Kevin on Twitter, or even like the evolving hockey guys, a lot of analytics guys, like you, you bring points to them, they're going to go, yeah, okay, cool. But, you know, I care more about you know, the on ice, the, the impact stuff beyond that. Right. You know, it, it's, there, there's more measurable tools of what a player can do to impact the team besides production alone. And I just wanted to get a quick bump out there. And this is one of those situations where they're not going to get points, but what they're doing is extremely valuable to the team. And that's why it's measured in other ways.
1: Right. I mean, it's just you look at it this year. I mean, I can't think of a time when that line was together where there was a top line of the other team that just dominated us. You know what I mean? They've done a really good job of kind of mitigating that threat, in my opinion. I think that's 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 one of the things that that maybe goes underappreciated because it doesn't. Necessarily show up like right in your face on a stat sheet, but Mm -hmm. you know it's just, and and you can see the Sabres. I mean, all the metrics point to the Sabres being a very sound, good defensive team, and and they're a big part of that. It's not just the revamped defense; the forwards are doing their part, and that line is a huge piece of that.
2: So, somebody who's not really doing their part to kind of transition here uh, is young Casey Middlestat, who I think now three the last four games maybe Mm -hmm. he's been a healthy scratch here. Uh, and you know, I, I've defended middle state a lot. Um, I, I, I'm not by any means saying that the, he's done, He's shot, he's, you know, not going to jump through anything. Something that's the case. He's only 21 years old, but I think it's hard to make an argument at this point that he doesn't at least need some sort of time in the AHL. Uh, and what, the thing I don't like here now is rest, th- you know, sitting three last four games and we'll see what happens in Toronto. If he's still here. Uh, is I don't want this to kind of turn into a Thompson situation like it did last year. I'm kind of hoping Bader will learn from that and like just you know I mean you don't even you don't really need him to be here. I mean you have you know if you're gonna roll eleven and seven or whatever you're gonna do like just send him down. Let it let him go down. Get his confidence back. You don't I mean there's no real need for him to be here. I mean the the team is gonna be fine if he goes down there and like they, they're not gonna. I don't think miss anything like crazy, especially the way he's played in you know, the last month and a half or so. So, you know, I think to kind of got to do that sooner rather than later. And, you know, I mean, one thing I, I brought up and this all started happening is it's kind of like Tyson Yost last year. He was a you know, 10th overall pick 2016. Um, his first few years were okay in Colorado. Uh, then last year, you know, he kind of just, it just, it wasn't working. He was, he was kind of struggling a little bit and, and they bit the bolt on a top 10 pick and they sent him down for the rest of the year. They brought him up this year. He's playing full time. I think he has like ten points this season so far through like twenty something games. So, you no, know, it's not crazy production. But they sent him down. They brought him back up, and it helped. And you know, it's there's nothing wrong with it. I think the way that you could ruin a player is continually force feeding them. And you know, we know with Middle Stat, they really haven't helped them since they brought him here. You know, they they brought him in, you know, out of college one year of college, and then they had him, you know. Hoping to take O'Reilly's spot in the second line center, and like the like the wingers he had were not that great, and they kind of doubled down on it. If you want to say this year, I mean they didn't really bring another center. You know they brought in Johansson, but you know he's not ideally a second line center. So again, you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on middlestand Just it just isn't working. So bite the bullet, send him down. Let's move on. Let's try to get him back somewhere where he can be that productive, dynamic player that was like he could have been a couple of years ago, and then get him back up here later in the season or even next year at this point.
1: Yeah, middle stat situation is, is, you know, one of those things I, I just, I don't have a good answer. You know what I mean? I don't, I mean, send them down, I guess, you know, you can't, you can't leave them in the press box. That's like no. the opposite. That's the worst of all, you know, potential solutions. Um, Learning the game from above has always kind of just been nonsense to me, especially at the NHL level. But um, yeah, I mean. You still don't necessarily, or at least you're not placing the the right wingers with him, right? Where where you're gonna try to help him out of that funk? But even if you did, I mean, you're you're almost sacrificing. He's a liability a, a little bit right now, right? And I think yep. you're right. I think maybe some time in the AHL is 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 maybe the the move here. But yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. I mean, he's he's had a really really rough time, and you know they they started him off on the wrong foot, like you said last year, and. You know, nothing. nothing's really changed in that regard. So, yeah, maybe send him down, let him get some confidence dominating the AHL on, on a really good Amherst team and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think Chad pretty much hit the entire situation on the head. I'm right. in the same boat Anthony is with – it's just – it's it's unfortunate at this point. I, I don't really know what the answer is. I I, I like him as a player, and I kind of hope he can come out of this. Um, I guess I just hope it doesn't affect Rasmus Delene too much.
2: <laughs> oh yeah roommate right roommate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well yeah no I, I think if if that's what it is and to your point you've you've had a situation in tage thompson like this where they obviously didn't do it right um so learn from your mistakes and do what's right and what's best for the player going forward because i can't not that you can't like lose that pick but it's just been so many years of that where you just you need to start getting these guys to get to All where right. they need to be to to help this team move forward and be consistently a good team.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Thompson thing should kind of show you that, like, I mean, you put him down last year, he produced, he started there this year, and he was playing really well. He, he yeah. looked like a different player. I mean, even the preseason he had was really good. So it looked like he, you know, he, he learned some things. And, you know, I, I think you should hope for that same thing with Middlestad, too. And just, I think as we all said, there, there's, just, there's really zero benefit just having him stay here and sit in the press box. There's no benefit besides maybe making Darlene happy, his roommate's still around. Like that—that that is really it. And <laughs> something that that's enough to keep, I mean, keep him around, to be honest. Great. So I think that's all the topics we wanted to touch on. Uh, unless you guys have anything that I missed, but I don't think so. So we can, uh, nope. I, I guess we can get to our, our fun question time here, Mr. Shaki, that you can kind of lead us through.
0: righty, So <clears throat> I guess I'll kick it off where we kind of kicked off the podcast. And that's with Jack Eichel. not that these are, Really, any true questions, but there are three that are funny, so I'll start it off this way. Um, so, Philip, my cup. I love the pun there. It's <laughs> P-H-I-L. Can <laughs> Jack Eichel fix the Bills offensive woes? That's <laughs> funny. Hmm. Brad Erwanibus wants to know why Jack is the best. And the Kubiak man, are you guys worried that Jack is going to break his back with this team to the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I don't. Think he can fix the Bulls' offense? Um, I shouldn't say that. You never know. You get he's him out A good
1: wide receiver build.
2: He does. He does. He's got. he got some length to him, right? I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know what he <laughs> play team on is. skates. A <laughs> <Right. laughs> <The> deep threat. <laughs> I mean, if you get him in space, right, he can transition through the through the field. I guess you could say that's <laughs> what he sells. Um But overall, yeah, I mean, I, I guess answer to answer all three questions at one time, you know, it, it's we talked about it a little bit. It's fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm you know, I mean, there's players in this league that do it all the time. Uh, So I think this is going to become kind of as crazy as it seems. I mean, I don't think it's going to rip off 16 game point trees consistently, but you know, I think this is the kind of level of player we're going to see here going forward. It's exciting. I mean, we're, you know, you see kind of what Nathan McKinnon does and what, you know, Connor McDavid does and Crosby and players like that, where, you know, these players have the potential to take over a game or a handful of games that make the difference when the season comes to an end, if you're a playoff team or not. So, I think we're at the point where we have a player now who's kind of reached his peak. Um, you know, he's, he's had a pretty good ascension to this point, but now we're seeing, I think we're seeing max Jack Eichel, if you will. And I think this is kind of the player we're going to get for at least the next few years here. And you know, that's gotta, that, that's the thing that Sabres kind of got to understand. Like you're, you're hitting max Jack Eichel time. Like you have to take advantage of it. I mean, you can't waste opportunity, uh not just this year, but moving forward over the next few years, you gotta put a team around him and see if this guy can take you deep in the playoffs on a run i mean it's just it would just be a terrible way I mean he's only twenty three I think so he's still extremely young he probably has six seven more years of you know good playing him but it's, you, you gotta take advantage you gotta you gotta put a team around this guy and and you know hopefully he can he can take you somewhere.
0: So you're basically saying that we should not sit around with 14 defensemen and get some no,
1: no, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Chad nailed it there. Um, the, the big, the big criticism and and the big anxiety, I think of the Sabres fan base is like, okay, you know what I mean? Jeff Skinner's prime, Jack Eichel's prime, Reinhardt's going to be hitting his prime. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, when are we going to make a push here guys? You know, there, there, there's just a little bit of antsiness there. And like you said, the 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 window is probably a little wider for a player like Jack Eichel. You know what I mean? It's not like you know uh, a guy like Oposo is maybe a great example where his prime maybe lasted like three years. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um. I, I think Jack's probably got a little bit longer window than that. But but at the same time, I mean, do we really want to just start burning those years? Uh, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. No. I think you're both right, and I think it's. <laughs> it's been a fun podcast, so I don't want to get frustrated. But I, like, how much more of Jack Eichel alone do you need to see to know that like he can carry a team? Just give him some more help uh, right. so that it's at least sustainable in, in points when he's not on a 16-game point streak. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> so Chad, I know you had a article on this. I think it was about Nylander at the time, though. John Brown asked the question, what is the time to give up on a prospect? In parentheses, Tage and Casey.
2: Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's, um, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this. So th- there's a few ways to go about it. So I, I think a first round pick, um, you know, I, I wrote about with Newlander last year, you're kind of going to get usually in the first by year, two, year, three, max, uh, you're going to get some sort of impact from a player. Um, it, it's interesting with middlestat because while he's played here, his first two years, you're really not getting considerable impact. So, that would mean that next year is a big – I, I want to say probably maybe the make or break year for him. So that's why maybe it's important to get him down to Rochester now, let him get some confidence, let him learn some things, let him run out his game because next year you're, you're going to have to make a decision on him basically. Um, you know He's a restricted free agent. He's a 10.2C free agent. So you're going to have a lot of control of the next contract you hand out to him, but – uh I think next year is going to be kind of the the year where a lot of people, including myself, is gonna make a firm decision. Is is this guy gonna be something or is he not gonna be something? So, you know, that that that's one, one part of it in terms of first round pick. Where a guy like Thompson, who's later in the draft, you know, while still a first round pick, those guys might take a little bit longer. But, you know, from various age researches you read from people who are a lot smarter than me, um, you know, I have Micah McCurdy's um Presentation in my head from you know RIT when you did it, and you know the peak age of a player is about twenty four years old. So if you're not getting some sort of impact from these players, uh, what you want by age twenty four, which I think Thompson is, he's not there yet, but he's he's getting there. If I'm not mistaken, you know that's that's kind of that's kind of maybe your cutoff point, if you will, um, on when a player kind of is who they are type thing, and that's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, I get so antsy about Lawrence pilot cause he is 24 years old and, and having him down to Rochester for development, this seems like you're just, you're wasting it. You're wasting, you know, time, you know, of, of I don't want to say prime, but I mean, I guess that's what it is. The prime of a player's career is held from about 24 to 27. And, you know, having a guy that's sitting in the minors when he can really help your team, although I know you have 27 other defensemen, like it's just, it's, it's poor use of asset management for a guy who's also on a cheap contract. So yeah that that's sort of the quick version i guess you could say of some research behind age and you know first round picks is
0: 22 middle stats 21 just
2: okay
1: so yeah when i think about middle stat you know i I, and i know different guys you know develop at at different rates you know physically right and and i just i just think of myself where 25 year old me would have just beat the living snot out a 20 year old me. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? So it, it's so hard for me. I mean, Nylander was a little bit of a different case uh, for me because everything I had heard about him from people I trust, you know, who are close to the Amherst was it wasn't just a, phys- you know, he, he wasn't mature. It was just that he had the, the wrong attitude. You know what I mean? He, so, so that, that was a little bit different situation, but for, for Casey and Tate, it's just, it's so hard for me to be, anything but like hey let's see what happens let's give him a little time like chad said because guys develop differently you know what i mean you've got guys like jack eichel who at 18 was you know what was he six three two hundred he was just an animal yeah And, and you know but then you've got guys like casey who at 18 he couldn't do it you know, at the combine, you know, what I mean, he, he was like very much a child. So and even
2: Dalene, I mean, you brought him in last year. I mean, he's he's a big dude, but he was right. sleeping and he put on right. some weight this year. And Thompson put on some weight last year. And you know, some guys have to go through that, and kind of that's a that's a thing. So
1: it's, exactly,
2: you know, I mean, that's kind of what you have to understand. And like you said, a lot of play, everyone develops differently. So you know, I, I think this fan base kind of spoiled with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and how quickly they develop, and even Dalene to an extent, where you get these younger guys who come in and they make an impact right away. Not everybody's like that, so like development paths are different, and you know teams have to be smart about it. And I, I think they didn't approach this the right way out of the gate, and, and maybe it was the overhype of the real juniors, and his college performance wasn't that great. But you know, on a bad Minnesota team, it was still a decent numbers. So I, I just I just think you kind of need to take a step back, take a breath, even the organization, just take a step back, just you know do a course correction here, send him down, let him build his confidence, let him. You know, I mean, if you put Casey Mills on that Amherst team, that, that team should absolutely coast to a Calder Cup. Like, whenever, right. when you add Thompson when he comes back, like, forget it. So let him do that. Let him go down there. Let him do that thing, play in the playoffs, and kind of see how that goes for him and then kind of go from there.
0: All right. Next two are kind of tough, but understandable, so I'll throw them out there, coaching. <clears throat> Michael wants to know: Is it a time to better look to look for better assistant coaches? We need to get the power penalty kill back to average. And Mark follows up with: The coaching carousel has started early this year in the league. Performance, conduct, etc. Who is the next domino to fall? Any special teams help available that you guys see?
2: No, I mean they're not making any. I'll, I'll keep this one short and easy. They're not making any in-season changes. I mean, maybe we'll see in the off-season, But even then, like Steve Smith's, like his dude, and Granado just got back, so. I don't think anything changed in there, and you can see Mike Bells has done a great job with Lena Salmark in the goaltending. So, I don't think there's any changes coming in there anytime soon.
1: I wish he'd have asked my, you know, the, the second part of that question last week because in the in our, uh, you know, SB Nation little, you know, group chat, I I called DeBoer as the next Domino to fall, and <laughs> yeah, think it was like right. five days later he was out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure who the next coach to to get the can would be. I'm not sure if anyone. I mean. I'm looking right now. I don't see anyone who's who's really threatened. I mean, may, yeah, maybe no. I was gonna say maybe Laviola, but that's not gonna happen. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know.
2: And that's something something like inappropriate, like you saw with uh, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, right, I, think, right. I think we're kind of good with coaches here at this point.
0: righty. <clears throat> so moving on to trades. Lazytown. If and this may require a leap of faith from Kruger. Rista was one was from here on out paired with either Montour or Pilot, hopefully, that mitigated his deficiencies to the point where he is consistently a plus player. Would you still want to keep him or trade him?
2: Oh, uh, If somebody gives me a trade offer, I'm still trading him. That's an easy answer for me. If if someone gives me a forward, top six forward, he's he's going tomorrow. I mean, he's played better, admittedly. He has played a lot better, and I give him credit for that. But if somebody comes to me with a good top six forward for him, he's gone out the door.
1: Yeah, I think it gives you the ability to and I <laughs> I don't think Jason Botterell has has changed this approach at all, but it, uh, it me and his shoes, it gives you the ability to be a little bit more picky, which I think he's already being probably super picky. Um but yeah, I mean you don't have to necessarily trade him as long as you keep doing the right things with him. But like Chad said, if someone's offering a legitimate top six forward, yeah, he's out.
0: Sounds good to me. So we'll wrap these two together. Super outback wants to know. Anyone available besides Galchenyuk or Wood? Followed up with Ron Baloney. How are trade talks going with Pittsburgh or other teams? Could the supposed Galchenyuk deal be part of a larger trade?
2: No, I don't think that Galchenyuk thing is part of any larger trade. I think it'd just be with Galchenyuk move. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's Calgary and Pittsburgh, seem like the main two teams that the Sabres are kind of, you know, I've talked to a lot, and that's kind of where the focus is any type of trade. Uh, like we mentioned, Jeremy had the fur league thing. Um, that's possible. You know, he's. I don't love that idea, but he has a record of an impact, you know, play driving winger Um, this year, maybe age might finally be catching up to him, but he's only, he has this, he's going to be on a to free agent when the season's over. So I guess a UFA for UFA trade there, whatever. I don't again. I don't love it. Sure. Why not though? And see what that does. And Galchenyuk, same thing. I mean, I think it's just, it'd be like a UFA for a defenseman type deal. So. At this point, nothing crazy seems to be going on in Sabres Lane, but there's still definitely some talks, I think, between Calgary and Pittsburgh are two of the main teams. No Taylor Hall stuff. Anybody anybody tells you Taylor (laughs) Taylor Hall, they're lying to you, by the way. So there's no no Taylor Hall stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. You know, Chad obviously has, you know, better knowledge base than I do uh, (laughs) on on (laughs) those ongoing, so um, (laughs) just take his word for it. So I'll kick this over to you
0: then, Anthony. Sure. Switching to the defense. Hey. Jimmy has, what are your ideal defensive pairs? And Kevin also asked, Kevin Kevin, Kevin Mass there, uh, what 2D will get scratched tomorrow? Ideally, I mean, this was three days ago, but I guess I'll kind of just turn that into a how do you feel the rotation's going? And is there any kind of <laughs> rhyme or reason to what he's been doing the last couple of weeks here?
1: um a a little bit uh i i like how he's kind of like we just talked about changed his approach to to rustleinan uh kind of how he's using him at least a little bit Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't like that he slapped mckay back with him for any amount of time (laughs) that's just the worst uh my ideal pairings i mean it involves lawrence pilot so it (laughs) means like three dudes are moving out um but you know it, it's tough, and, and and who who are the scratches moving forward? Well, it definitely seems like Miller is is going to be a consistent guy who's getting pulled out for some reason. Um, and then maybe, given what you know has come out about Bogosian, maybe Ralph just says, "Cool, you can ride the pine." Um,
0: <laughs> probably for everybody's so, interest,
1: right? Which which isn't isn't a bad thing. That might actually be a blessing there. Um, but it, it, if you want to go ideal pairings, I mean, I'd, I'd have probably. Oh, it's a tough one. I, I guess it it all depends on, on who's around, but in my, in my perfect world, I guess I, I would obviously have, you know, maybe, I don't know, Dallin Montour, Pilot Ristolainen, and then Yoki Haru. And I guess you'd keep Scandella in because Yoki Haru is playing really, really well with him and he's, he's elevated his game. So, so maybe that's the way I'd go. Um, but, uh,
2: rotate with trying to rotate Skendel on miller
1: yeah yeah i think you could you could do that right and i think that would work out because i think Yokohara is going to have a similar impact on both of those guys i don't i don't think one is like miles above the other but uh yeah i mean i guess those are my ideal pairings if if the right bodies were to move if if you get rid of mccabe which isn't going to happen uh because i think he's been just awful uh you know find a way to trade bogosian and you know whatever but uh yeah, but but to answer to answer his question on the scratches, I think I think it's probably going to be Miller bogosian and and hopefully McCabe cycles in there at some point because I just think he's played horribly.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of agree pretty much everything um, Anthony said there. Um, even even the pairs, that's kind of the way I would do it too. Uh, if, if anything, I, I still go a little different. I, I think that Dalena Montour is your unquestioned first pair moving forward. Uh, they were good before before Dalin got the concussion, and then they were really good um, mm-hmm. against the Islanders. And Montour himself has just been playing excellent hockey for the last few weeks, and I'm really excited about the kind of how his game has turned around—not only really turned around, but kind of what it's turned into since they acquired him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would kind of the same pairs, but I think Dalin and Montour is kind of the pair that you you ride uh, into the into the night, as you would say.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote about it uh, a couple weeks ago when I did the State of the Defense article at Die by the Blade and just mentioned the, in, in you know, relatively small, same, modest, let's call it sample size, uh, Montour and Darlene have been just an awesome pair, and, and I don't think they necessarily get talked about enough for, for just the impact they've had on one another, so I definitely agree with that. That would be your top pair, and then, you know, hopefully you would get pilot back up here to to do what yeah. he did last year with Ristolainen yeah. and Yogi Haru doing what he's doing with Scandella and you got yourself a really, really nice top six. So Definitely. I don't know. So Joshua Kelleher,
0: <clears throat> once UPL is ready to come up to Rochester, would you then consider trading Hutton and promoting Hammond or Joh- Johansson, especially since America is emerging as the number one goalie? I think I remember both of you saying that Hutton would, I'd, moving for anything would be good asset management. Yes,
2: Sure. I mean, you can do it, but, um, I don't think they will, but you could do that.
0: Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> four fun ones to end off the podcast. Start off with Andrew Taro. Why is the Atlantic division so weak almost halfway through this season?
2: I don't think it is. That, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's down maybe, I guess. I mean, Boston's good. Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. Toronto's down, but they got a new coach. that's so starting to get going. Um, you know, Montreal and Buffalo, I think kind of the same team. Um, I, I'm still not writing Tampa Bay off. I think that team will eventually figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we'll what see if the Barkoff entry does the Florida, and then Ottawa,
1: Detroit, or whatever get out of here. So, I, I actually think I would almost argue the Atlantic Division's a little bit better. I think they're just beating each other a little bit They'll more. I think, I think more it's a little closer. It, right? Yeah, I, I, that's that's hmm. kind of the the pickup I'm getting. I think the only team that that like you just said is getting off to a rough start is Tampa, and and they're going to figure it out. But I think once Tampa does figure it out, you'll see. You know that division kind of get a little look a little stronger up top, and then you know the the Leafs are are getting beat by teams that are approaching Leaf territory in terms of talent. So yeah, I think I think there's just more parity, maybe.
0: I like that answer. Betrayed. Who is the biggest surprise and disappointment to the Sabers this season for you guys?
1: My burner account. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, you can go first. Biggest surprise. I'm not going to, I don't know that he's, he's necessarily a surprise for me. Let's call it Olofsson because I, I, I knew he'd be good, but i i mean the immediate impact he's had and how quickly he figured out the five on five. I mean, that that's just ridiculously awesome. And, and, and I guess I'll call it surprising and biggest disappointment for me is definitely Counter Shiri. He's always been streaky, but I, I really thought, you know, Chad kind of convinced me last year that he would. I don't <laughs> want to blame material. Chad. Never, <laughs> no, 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 that's not, not what he meant. But but Chad made a really good argument last year, and and Kevin as well on Twitter, where uh, and I I agreed with them that that he was kind of primed for a, a bigger season or, or a heavier impact, and and he just hasn't stepped up to the plate. He hasn't been that uh, forward who's going to help bring up our, our kind of weak center spine. So I guess he's my biggest disappointment.
2: Yeah, uh, for me the biggest surprise unquestionably is Marco Scandella. Um, how well he's played. I mean, I, nah, that I blew was- it. <laughs> I blew it on that I, one yep. I think that's that's kind of the easy one But yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing as Anthony Mishkana-Sherry um, He let me down You know, he, uh, he really let me down this season I mean, there's still a whole lot of season left to play I mean, maybe he'll get going But yeah, I mean, he he started off He even started off hot too So he's,
0: yeah.
2: you know, uh, I'm disappointed I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed Coach. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'll leave it
0: Anthony, I will say Olsen is not a bad answer, and Chad, this year thing just sounds quite personal. <laughs> oh, no,
1: no, no, it's not what I meant at all, it's just, I, I, I think that's it was funny. last year, I never realized, like, until it was brought to my attention, just, like, impact-wise, that Connor Fury was probably better than he looked, you know what I mean, or, yeah. or maybe, yeah, you know, no, no,
0: it's just funny. a little
1: bit more value, and then when I started looking into it, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, definitely, and then I, I think we were all convinced, like, yeah, I think this is trending toward he's going to have a really strong season, and it just didn't happen. Yeah,
0: I'll just throw a middle set out
1: there. I just thought yeah, he would okay. kind of turn it around here, and that's
0: a so good one far, that hasn't happened. All righty. <clears throat> Two to go. Jimmy, if you could bring back a player from the last decade, who would it be? He thinks Tim Connolly would, thri- uh, would thrive mm-hmm. in today's game and be an absolute superstar. Can't disagree there. Brian I can I, can I
2: get vintage way. Brian Campbell out there right now? Like can I do? Can I do that? Like not like Brian Campbell, like at this age, but like prime Brian Campbell, throw him on that defense. But, but I, they think have already.
1: I think that's the context in their prime, like you know, guys from yeah. ten, you know ten years ago in their prime. I uh, I think I'd go Thomas Vanek, a uh, little little bit of little bit of offensive firepower there. Yeah, because uh, I like Campbell, but who the fuck are you scratching?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to
1: trade a fifth guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: that's that's a good point. So I'm surprised you guys didn't go centers.
2: Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you didn't have any Breer or Drury, right? I mean, that's, no, I mean, that's not, of, is that 10 years, years, years ago?
0: Within no. The, it was within the last 10 years,
2: Dude, right? No, it wasn't.
1: 2007 they left. Oh, so we're yes, old now, right. Chad.
2: Yeah, I guess you're right. It's
1: out of the 10-year yeah, window. Yeah, it's, so you it's a Derek Roy. <laughs> 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 no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take TV.
2: Bring me I'll, back uh, Steve Bernier from his, from his debut. Mm. Give me that, Steve Bernier. I'll
1: Give me some Rafi Torres.
0: Give me a loophole. He didn't say a Sabres player. Could I get that souk? Like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> and to wrap her up in the spirit of the season, Daniel wants to know what's your favorite Sabres Christmas memory, any Sabres related, game meeting, a player, gift, etc. His memory is his mom getting him a hashik signed goalie stick. Only 39 with oh, only 39 of them were made and signed, so that's pretty valuable. <laughs> Still have it, but a ducklehead it has a few scratches.
1: Can your mom adopt me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anthony,
1: on. you can go first. I still don't know. Yeah, I so I have one that, that's kind of neat. Um, So I think I was five and, you know, I opened all my presents and, and my dad handed me a card. And I had never been to a Sabres game before at that point. And uh, I opened the card and, and it, it was like a cutout from the newspaper of the NHL standings. And I, I was a little confused. So he said, well, pick the team, pick whatever team, you know, you know, you want to see play against Sabres and, and I'll take you. Right. And so I picked the Tampa Bay lightning and he was like, that's random as hell. Why, you know, why the lightning? I said, well, their last place, I think they, they had like nine wins to that point. And like, I want to see them win. And he's like, Oh, okay, fair enough. He's like, what if they don't I'm like, no dad, they're going to win. And so that, that's, that's my one. It was kind of cool. That was like my Christmas, you know, part of my Christmas gift, uh, my dad taking me to my first game and you know, it's kind of a unique way he did it.
2: Interesting. That's a good one. I, I guess for a, me, it, okay. go ahead, Bill. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I can give you a little bit of time here. I'm pretty sure I got um, a Miro goat Goathead jersey around Christmas time. Uh, at the time, obviously, he was my my favorite player. And weirdly enough, I, I want to say, I'm going to have to see if I can go find it. My favorite number of the time is 18 too, And I think for some reason, he made a weird switch from 81 to 18 for mm-hmm. a hot minute. I think I have an 18 Chitan. I'll go see if I can find it. But yeah, uh, I, I think Christmas time is usually a time where jerseys uh, come around. So I'm sure I've had a couple. I just have to think about it. But Chatan at the time, favorite player. And I know I had a, a white chitan goathead jersey.
1: So what my parents actually had an argument, not an argument. but Let's call it an argument for fun. <laughs> this is, it's a podcast after all. So I asked for my first jersey when I probably like that same year when I was like five, maybe for my birthday or something. Right. And I wanted chitan. And my mother was like, "He's not wearing Satan on the back of his shirt to school." And my dad's like, "Are you kidding me? It's it's just it's the spelling." And She's like, "Absolutely not." So I ended up with a Jitnik. So I was I was cool with that. I like Jitnik too. Uh, I met him at the YMCA when I was doing karate. Uh, he was like doing swimming lessons with his kid. And uh, yeah, but um, yeah, that was that was just a little funny. Thing I wanted a shi-tank. one. of My mom was like, "Absolutely not."
2: That's good. That's funny. Uh, for me, it. It's not Sabres related necessarily, um, but it's the only Christmas memory I can really think of. Is uh, even when I was younger, um, I, I don't know if I had aspirations, but I always thought it was cool to be a goaltender. Um, so, so what I got one Christmas um, was actually goaltending pads. Uh, so that was you know, I still remember it to this day. So I had pretty much all the equipment besides the pads. I had the glove, the blocker, um, but I just you know I needed the pads and got the pads. They were I remember them. They were red. In black um and i I think it was actually surprisingly i was living in rochester at the time um and it was a surprisingly warm uh christmas this year particularly and i remember we went out uh and started playing hockey i think at 10 o'clock in the morning and then i think we didn't like go back in the house until like six so i remember getting those pads again it's not sabers related but i still have that story in my head of getting those goalie pads and going
1: out and playing goalie for like eight hours outside that day it was your dad's excuse to just start firing pucks. Edge. Pretty, so, much, like, pretty much. He's equipment <laughs> enough. I'm I'm gonna... He
2: didn't hold back because he would hammer. At <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I think I was like 11 years old at the time. So yeah, he took full advantage. Especially when I had like all the equipment on too. Like I had the actual pads and like the chest protector. He was just hammering shit. At me. <laughs> um, So that was the last one, Bill. That's it.
0: That's a wrap. Actually, real quick. I got a, I actually played tennis against Jay McKee once. That was kind of
1: cool. That's neat. Yeah. Oh,
0: so oh, he actually he beat me, but it was like uh, four six six four four six for anyone that knows tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a pretty tight match. And he actually in the changeovers, overs obviously would sit down next to each other and drink water, towel off whatever. And uh, he told me that during the lockout season he needed something to keep him in shape, and that's how he kind of got into tennis. And then ever mm-hmm. since he's kind of been around the tennis community. And obviously now that he's gone off the Kitchener, you don't see him much. But well, not anymore. Buffalo, fight. did he? That's <laughs> yeah. funny. No, I didn't uh, even know that. I don't, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what since uh when he's in Buffalo, he he's sometimes around and, and playing against people, which is a lot of fun. Interesting okay. Cool story. All right.
2: So we'll get to the, we'll put a wrap on this thing. So we'll hit the spiel at the end. And make sure you're following us on uh on Twitter at BTB hockey, uh Mr. Chandra at Chandra Sports, Bill at uh Bill Shockey, myself at CMD Uh make sure you rate, share, iTunes, Google Play. Um Spotify, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, you will find our podcast as well. And then, of course, make sure you're following Dive of the Blade for all of the excellent Sabres content you'll get throughout the the season. So Sabres have Toronto to start off next week uh, and then some other games before they get into the Christmas break the week following. So it'll be interesting as we head into the break, what kind of team we get here, if they can keep the wins going, if Jet Eichel can continue to extend his scoring streak. So we will talk to you next week. Enjoy Sunday night football tonight. The Bills can clinch a playoff spot. So pretty exciting around here. We'll see how that goes. So for Bill, Chad, and Anthony, we are out of here. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. ya.